Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Galatians 5, Freedom of the Believer, Part 6. I am Pastor John, welcoming all our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening, both new and those of you who are returning again. May you all be blessed of God. Before we start, please listen to the end of this podcast for a special thank you to all who have served and are still serving all of us in this pandemic. Thank you all for your dedication and service to others. Last week, we examined Galatians chapter 5, Freedom of the Believer, part 5, and verses 10 through 12. In that passage, we found verse 10 starts boldly. It reads, I am confident in the Lord that you will accept no other view, but the one who is confusing you will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Paul, in verse 11, states his argument and then becomes very strong in his thoughts in verse 12, to the point, removing private body parts. This week, we will examine Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 21. What does Galatians chapter 5 tell us? What can Galatians chapter 5 tell us that we do not already know? So far, may I say again, let us get into the second half of Galatians chapter 5 and see. From Scripture, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in a single commandment, namely, you must love your neighbor as yourself. However, if you continually fight and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, live by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the spirit, and the spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh. For these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Verse 14 quotes Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18 in commentary. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18 reads, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Jehovah. Is that not interesting? However, 
Let us start at the beginning and come back to what is so interesting here. Notice how much of a change from our last passage this one is. Notice how it starts. Again, it reads, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh, but through love serve one another. An actual allusion to the Ten Commandments. Salvation in Christ to the Jews is, quote, freedom from Jewish rites and ceremonies. The meaning here is that Paul wished the false teachers removed because true Christians had been called unto liberty, and they were abridging and destroying that liberty. They were hot in subjection to the law of Moses, or to anything else that savored of bondage. They were free, free from the servitude of sin, and free from subjection to expensive and burdensome rites and customs. They were to remember this as a great and settled principle, and so vital a truth was this, and so important that it should be maintained, and so great the evil of forgetting it that Paul says he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the Christian church. That is a mouthful! This one part of that stands out immediately. All which the false teachers removed because true Christians had been called unto liberty, and they were abridging and destroying that liberty. They were hot in subjection to the law of Moses or to anything else that savored of bondage. They were free. That should ring loud and clear like the bells of St. Mary's. Even today, we non-Jew Christians become entangled by that which we left behind when we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you were a slave, then set free, would you willingly and even self-regress back into that slavery? course not. Yet, this is what those challenged by Paul in the salvation of Jesus Christ were doing. It is what we also do. Today, we call it backsliding. Notice also what commentary said. They were free, free from the servitude of sin and free from subjection to expensive and burdensome rites and customs. They were to remember this as a great and settled principle, and so vital a truth was this, and so important that it should be maintained, and so great the evil of forgetting it, that Paul says he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the Christian church. That should speak fully to our degree of freedom in Christ from all the burdensome rites and customs of our faith 
as well as what we are to remember always. Who has saved us? And why are we saved? Notice also, he calls them brethren to testify his affection to them and to put them in mind of their relation to one another, which required mutual love, a thing he is about to press them to. He asserts that they were called, not merely externally, but internally, by the effectual grace of God, out of bondage to sin, Satan, and the law, unto liberty of the gospel and of the grace of God. That liberty wherewith Christ had made them free, this he said in a judgment of charity, hoping well of them. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. Now we read, For the whole law can be summed up in a single commandment, namely, you must love your neighbor as yourself. From Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And all is from Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Commentary gives us a more clear insight of what Scripture is saying here. This expresses the substance of the whole law. It embraces and comprises all. The Apostle, of course, he alludes to the law in regard to our duty to our fellow men, since that was the point which he particularly enforces. He is saying that this law would counteract all the evil workings of the flesh, and, if this were fulfilled, all our duty to others would be discharged. A similar sentiment he has expressed in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. The turn here is the discussion is worthy of particular notice. With great skill, he changes the subject from a doctrinal argument to a strain of practical remark and furnishes most important lessons for the right mode of overcoming our corrupt and sensual passions and discharging our duty to others. From Barnes New Testament Notes The quoted Romans passage reads as follows. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are summed up in this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Commentary is highly compelling and reinforced by the verse quote found in that commentary. Verse 10 is astounding. Remember what it said? I'll read it again. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment 
fulfillment of the law. Can you see? If we love someone, anyone, we fulfill the whole law? The work of the Ten Commandments is executed when we love another. This is a chief teaching we do not fully understand. We justify who we love and who we do not love. We rest in the sum of that judgment, feeling fully justified in and with ourselves, and rest in that. Where is that said as right in this scripture passage? Where is that in the scriptures? Nowhere. Romans 13, verse 10, is an unconditional statement. We have neighbors in this life and enemies in all that bears objection to our new life and faith. The problem is we find enemies on others. That is not found in the love of Christ. He loved his earthly enemies and hated only his spiritual enemies. This is the distinction that is being made here. It makes serving God a whole lot more difficult to see another person through the eyes of love who objects to us in total and complete fulfillment of that definition. Our only option, regardless of how distasteful it may seem to you, is to work on our love for all mankind and our hatred for all that which is evil in the spiritual places that sway mankind to evil. Of this, Scripture says, However, if you continually fight and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 15. While it may seem colorfully stated, and only as a caution, commentary will enlighten us better as to what Paul is actually stating. It has a great sense of force that may not be picked up in the written word. Commentary tells us, Another reason inducing to love is taken from the pernicious consequences of a contrary spirit and conduct. The allusion is to beasts of prey falling upon and devouring one another. For wolves or dogs to worry sheep is not strange, but for sheep to distress one another is unnatural. The apostle does not say if grievous wolves should enter in among you and not spare the flock, but suggests if they themselves should act the part of wolves to one another, having reference to their controversies about the law and circumcision, and the necessity thereof to justification and salvation, which were managed with great heat and bitterness, occasioned great contentions, and threatened them with divisions, parties, and factions, and were attended with envy and malice, with reproachful words, biting sarcasms, scandalous invectiveness, and injurious actions, which must be bad consequence. First, invectiveness means vehement denunciation, censor, or reproach 
approach. So strong language is being used here for certain. Second, the wolves and sheep analogy is not lost for one minute when modern mankind fully understands it. Notice what commentary said. For wolves or dogs to worry sheep is not strange. But for sheep to distress one another is unnatural. We who bear the definition of sheep in an analogous way fit this quote unnatural end quote definition. Why? Because when one person enters the portion of their life which is not strong, we who seem stronger judge them by their weakness and not the strength or strengths we once saw in them. This commentary clearly states this is unnatural for us to do as spiritual beings. If this is true, then the following quoted commentary is very true in any degree or to its fullness. Remember, it said, The apostle does not say, If grievous wolves should enter in among you and not spare the flock, but suggests if they themselves should act the part of wolves to one another, having reference to their controversies about the law and circumcision, and the necessity thereof to justification and salvation, which were managed with great heat and bitterness, occasioned great contentions, and threatened them with divisions, parties, and factions, and were attended with envy and malice, with reproachful words, biting sarcasms, scandalous invectiveness, and injurious actions, which must be of bad consequence. Of those of us who are saved in Christ, where do we fall in this portion of exclamation from commentary? Even if only a part, or some parts, this means we have growth that must be accomplished. That alone is one very good reason for not managing such a situation while controlled by great heat and bitterness, occasioned great contentions, using threats of divisions, parties and factions, attending such with envy and malice, with reproachful words, biting sarcasms, scandalous invectiveness, and injurious actions. All that together, in today's life, is not as likely as it might seem by these writings and commentary. However, many of these things can be in one place with few, if any, one leaving such a place. This is why we are not to condemn others for works and expressed attitudes we do not share. But for the grace of God, go, we, all of us, in one way or another. Next week, we will examine Part 7 in what is now the final part in our mini-series. In my Bible, 
the remaining passages are titled Practice Love. Not like practicing an instrument, but by practicing the engagement of such a love. Play or download next week's episode, Galatians 5, Freedom from the Believer, Part 7. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. First and foremost, we want to thank everyone involved in helping everyone around the globe deal with coronavirus or COVID-19. It has been a very hard task for many serving on the front lines of this global pandemic. Thanks to all those behind the front-line scenes who have and still are supporting the recovery effort underway. Many places outside the United States of America are well underway with recovery. America is now in a full 50-state releasing of very firm measures instilled to keep us safe from this aggressive virulent. To all those who have, who are, and who are still serving in this regard, our thanks and gratitude are not enough. But that is all we have from the Church of the Unchurched. From the deepest bottom of our heart, to all of you, whoever you are, thank you. Your selfless long hours of service have made a great difference, no matter where we, who may have needed your diligence and service, live. While not even a drop in the bucket with regard to thanks, thank you all so much for your tireless service to others. You matter and are recognized for the service you have and are providing in this health emergency war. God bless you all richly. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at Site123 is unchurched.com. 
dot site one two three dot m e. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. Again, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Churched, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.